The following is an archived podcast presented by the Branson and Hudson Foundation for Podcast Recovery. This podcast is entitled Bleeding Edge Business Solutions Edition. It is the first and only episode of the podcast. Welcome to episode one. Welcome to Bleeding Edge Business Solutions Edition. Work through the procedure of how you think it works. Business is a battlefield that challenges all comers. Imagine yourself as a gladiator with eight-pack abs, swinging around a flail or a mace or a net. The winners win, the losers lose. The fact that you are even able to listen right now should show you that you have what it takes to take your acumen to the next level. Your performance, your value, is based completely on your current, prior, and future successes. And we are here to you as a service. A service that benefits both parties. We are going to teach you the most effective, arcane, and outright savvy business secrets that take you from the pits to the ritz. So get ready, get hydrated, and stay solutions-based. Prepare yourself for the business experience of your worthless little life. Let's begin. My name is Kevin Pleasure. I'm a young, up-and-coming businessman working through various corporations in which I stay at only about three to two months at a time. I'm here... Cutthroat. Here, exactly, here with my two guests. Like to introduce the lesser first, no offense, Giles Cleo Hofacer, and with the legend himself, Jerry ICB. Baby, we got Jerry Icy on the pod. The king of solutions, the cream of the crop. Hello. Oh, it's a pleasure to hear you, no Jerry. The killer Glad man. Glad to be here. All right, let's uh, let's run a quick little introduction. Like I said, my name is Kevin Pleasure. I've worked for various companies in tech, primarily moving throughout New York and San Francisco. I'm always looking for a hot new deal, a hot new take, and a good new opportunity. I am a member of the Harvest Business Class of 2014, and ever since I graduated, I'm shooting my way around the company, making deals around the country, making deals at various companies in tech and otherwise, just really trying to make a name for myself, Uh, trying to bust into the seminar circuits and things like that, but really trying to work up and coming. I actually got my start uh, primarily through one of Jerry Icy's revolutionary seminars. And I'd like to, uh, before I get to you, Jerry, I'd like to uh, send it to Giles Cleo Hofacer, my partner in crime here. Giles, why don't you tell the audience a little about yourself? Uh, thank you, Kevin. My name's Giles Cleo Hofacer. I'm about 10 years Kevin's senior, but, you know, like he said, we both learned everything we know from Jerry Icy, the man himself, sitting right next to us. And, uh, you know, I'm all about making moves. I'm always on the move. You know, I'm a senior manager at Quicken Loans. You know, I'm really twite, um, tight with Dan Gilbert. And I've had, you know, oh. dinner with him. I've had dinner with him and Braun many times. You know, I know, know a thing or two about making deals. And, uh, you know, we're really glad to have you here on the show today, Jerry. We've learned everything from you. We have a lot to teach you folks. A lot. In the world so of much information. And making moves. But Jerry is the man that you want to learn it from, truly. You know, guys, s- stuff that I wish I would have known years ago. When you were in high school. Well, yeah. <laughs> guys, I mean, I am so happy to be here. It's my pleasure, Kevin. 
Am I right? I've known <laughs> Kevin for a long it. time. Um, I knew his dad before he graduated. So like Kevin said, I helped him identify a few different VC companies to jump on, which he has quickly jumped off at my recommendation. Right. worked out very well for him. You get in, you get myself out. myself as well. Yes. Uh, Giles was very nice to meet along the way. Uh, I believe Kevin met him also through his dad. Uh, worked out no. very well for us. But no? We didn't, oh. but all right. Okay, sorry. No, no, just... Just, just, just met him at some point. Anyways, uh, very happy to be here to talk You're about business solutions. I'm, a, I'm a consultant, like they said. I'm um, CEO of my own uh, consulting uh, group. And You're the CEO executive officer, I'm if I'm not CEO, mistaken. Yeah, if you want to email me, I'm CEO at CEO at uh, <laughs> solutions. Yeah, but CEO at CEO dot solutions. That's it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. But yeah, the pleasure is so all mine. <laughs> pleasure is all yours. My name's Kevin. Pleasure. And, uh, yeah, here here to help out with uh, coming up with solutions for all the new platforms that you are working on, and uh, here for readiness and release readiness. You know, you got to be ready, but you can't forget that you also have to be mindful. You get in a boardroom. Yes. You know what? What's happening? All those old men, those stuffy old men with their slack jaws. They're dogs. They're going to be People staring do not at like you. Change. Yeah. They will eat you alive. And meanwhile, you know, hopefully, if you're a business guy, you're going to land in one of those cool companies, right? We all know the cool companies. You got a Segway. You got a hoverboard. You got, Boom. You got a, There's two of them. You got a ping pong table. You got two ping pong tables that you know. If you guys have an office party, you can put, you know, your your chips and your dips on there. Uh, you know, on Fridays they bring in a keg to all the cool places, you know. So, you know, craft only. Craft only, you know. You know, all week you're gathering around the water cooler. Come Friday, you're all gathering around the keg. Right. And it's gone. And you got on hour. your boat shoes, you got on your board shorts, and you're just here to have a good time and chill out at work. But you know what? That's you how you trick your employees. Right, you got to keep them happy. You got to feed the pigs, because at the end of the day, a business is here to make the money. So, in order to make the money, you need this little parasite things we call employees. How do you keep them happy? How do you keep them working? How do you keep them, you know, from tearing each other's throats out? And that's really what the business mindset is about: how to manage these fucking dumb dog nut shithead people. Now, I don't like to call them, you know, idiots or dogs or anything like that. What I learned from Jerry here years ago is I like to call them assets, make them feel valued, make sure everything they do, they're doing something for the company and for the better good. They're working together to get this done, to find solutions. You know, whether you, you know, you graduate at little Yale or like me, you came from the University of Phoenix, you're going to get these solutions. You're going to utilize them. You're going to implement them and initialize and improvise and that's all what jerry's about yeah like what kevin's saying um it's talking about your employees your employees are talking about maintenance plans contracts uh service level agreements they're talking about themselves right those people are maintenance plans they are service contracts but you don't want them to think that um you want 
these are assets, and they are your assets, and they're working with your assets at the same time. So you, you know what? You gotta watch your assets. <laughs> Ooh. Um, Ooh. <laughs> sorry, I, I'm, I'm giving right. it away too soon right now. Right. I feel like. I mean, um, it's, like, it's this passion. is why they call him Jerry. They call Jerry Icy the Grinch of Wall Street. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, you're bringing passion, you're bringing energy, and people tend to react to that. You know. And when we're talking about business, we're talking about things that make money, and we're talking about getting all these people there. So while you guys, you know, like to call your employees assets and stuff like that, I like to call them hogs, uh, dumbasses, bimbos. I really like to get on them because Kobolds. at the end of the day, they have to justify their existence to you, the boss. You know, a lot of t- society tries to make the boss sound like it has negative annotations, but you know what? Fuck it, you gotta own being the boss, right? You gotta go into work every day with your hair slicked back, your nose all drusty with all bloody boogers from all the cocaine you did, and you gotta be like, hey, I'm the man. The most classic alpha move you can do in business. You just kind of lurch around your company, you find somebody browsing on the internet, and you ask them, do I pay you to go to, uh, you know the Dungeons and Dragons Reddit. Do I pay you? Do I pay you to go to go on albinosheep.com? Do I pay you? Do I pay you to, to go, go on Ebombs World? Do I pay you to go on fark.com? You know? Pretty much. That's the top one. Right. The, I mean, everyone knows the world's most famous website is fark.com, and you're going to catch your employees on fark.com about, you know, a hundred times a day. You're going to catch them on cracked. Or e-fucked. You're going to catch them one. on e-fucked. You're going to catch them <laughs> watching Rushkin dash cam footage on dark YouTube. You know, and this is what you're doing every day. Whenever you come into work and you're the big boss, you sit on your computer and you're tracking what everyone else does. You're not actually doing anything, but that's do not that what for we're about here for. We're talking like about hour. coming up with solutions to these things that you're running into. But yes, you come in every day, you slick your hair back, you get the same haircut every time. It's a little longer, but you slick your hair back every single time. Yeah, and yeah. you might have had a rough night the night before. It doesn't matter. You come in there, you have three monitors up. Each monitor is split up into eight different frames. <laughs> and that's 24 employees in your office, and you're only looking at their fucking monitors to make sure that they're not fucking posting on somethingawful.com or Twitter or some other fucking Bush League amateur-ass really? website about their fucking girlfriend. Right. You're going in there. You're going in your private bathroom. You're throwing water on your face and your hair. You're staring yourself in the mirror at your bloodshot eyes, questioning your very existence. Why am I here? Why haven't I put a gun in my mouth yet? And you know what? It's because they need you there. They need you to monitor them for about an hour over the course of an eight-hour day for which you slept about seven of on the couch in your office as after you closed all the blinds and had a couple of drinks. Would, so, would you ask a sheepdog, hey, why are you bothering those sheep so much? No. You know, if you're the boss, that's that's what you do. It is doing its job. So a lot of times people that I, the number one problem I find with people in management positions that want to succeed is they don't embrace it enough. They don't own it enough. You're the boss. You're the top dog. Empathy. Empathy is the problem. Empathy is the problem, right? So what you need, what you need to do, you know, um, even just think like a more primitive being. For just a short period of time, animals will just kind of dry hump things to show their superiority. You can show your not hard, right? You can show your superiority in the office many ways. 
um, you can leave kind of trash. You can walk up to an employee with an empty coffee cup and talk to them, put it on there, and you can just leave the coffee cup on their yes. desk. It's called psychological mind games, and it's a great way to both you know humiliate your lessers, and you can use it to embolden yourself to your superiors as well. Your boss, whatever haircut he gets, congratulations. That's your new haircut. You got that, Nat. Kevin, it's... It's like that just came out of my mouth. I'm so flattered right now that you would say that. Uh, leaving trash at your employees' desks. Power move. That is, yes, go ahead, please. Right, right. No, I learned that from one of your seminars. I think that was, you know, in 2013 in uh, the island of St. Croix. You were giving us a, a seminar at the um, the Ritz St. Croix, and I think we were in the Dick Cheney Hall, and we were sitting I there. I don't fucking know. Uh, we, uh, you know, you start back every session the great way by just shooting back, you know, $400 bottles of whiskey, and we're sitting there talking, and then you just kind of wipe the cocaine off your nose, and you got on stage, and you rambled for a hard hour, and everyone paid $700 to do it, and it's like, I want to be on that guy's level. And you know what? We're at a different level at this point, thanks to Jerry, but this this show that we're doing right now, these solutions, we're starting trying to get these people at a lower level, how to step up their game right. at that lower level. Even so, middle you know, management when, when, kind of targeted for the when kind you of and, lesser. When you and your associates hop on a conference call, you know, you want to touch base with a client. When you're on the phone, you can sit there maybe, you know, giving your coworker an Indian burn and he can't say anything because right. he's on the call and he's trying to keep himself composed. That's right. You trying to, you know, you got to tell your coworker that her dress looks manly today. That kind of right. stuff. Just little subtle stuff that kind of gets in their head. You hey, to- Rebecca, I respect you as a businesswoman because your shoulders are more like a man's than a woman's. And right. you know what? They're not going to know what to do with that information. You instantly gain the upper hand. When you say Ken, Ken, those socks were an interesting choice. He's going to think about that all day. Right. He might kill you or think about killing you later on. Hey, Sarah. But you know what? He probably won't because he doesn't have the nuts to do it. Hey, Sarah, I love that you just don't even try when you come in. It's so refreshing for uh, a woman. That's what I really admire about Mess you. Mess with them. You have, such a, you have this carefree attitude that I love. All of your peers. Keep them on their toes. All of your peers are going to be your future lessers. All friends you should generate should be you know, kind of placating at best. It's networking. It's called networking. You're not making friends. You go on That's LinkedIn. Right. LinkedIn doesn't say, I want to be your friend on LinkedIn. It says, I want to connect with you, right? Which could be, number one, sexual. Could That's be business. Call multi-channeling, right. all right? These people don't know this. But you don't need friends, you know? No, you definitely don't. Um... Like you said, it's one of those things. You have these assets, these people that are working for you. You're not empower. You, you want to empower them. You want to enable them to do their jobs. But at the same time, you don't want them to ever be off their toes. Right. You don't want to praise them. You don't want to tell them they're doing a good job. You want them to be constantly afraid of losing their job. Right. It doesn't matter if they're the best in the company. Um, they don't know what you're about to give to them. We talk about disruption a lot uh, in industries. You should disrupt your entire fucking workplace, right. your entire corporate office. You want everybody to be fucking afraid constantly. Right. Make them nervous. Keep the anxiety up. That's why you encourage them to drink. Oh, I just put on. A, I made some fresh coffee. You want another cup? I know mm-hmm. you're on your yep. fourth. Drink that. 
all that acid's gonna get Curing there, the and then GI every system, room. Their, their t- chest is gonna get tight. I spent, and your nuts are gonna get tight. Right, and when your nuts are tight, you're a good businessman, mm-hmm. as as much as it might pain you. Every move I've made, every top move I've made, my nuts were tight. Tighter right. than you gotta ever. have tight nuts. You gotta have always. tight nuts in business. And Jerry taught us that. And taught us about being in a meeting. Oh yeah. Yeah, and and you let those nuts out. You let you relieve those nuts, and you uh, you know you you please those carnal pleasures. You win the work day's over. You do that on your time. You can consider it like this part of it. This keynote that we're giving right now. This would be the tight nut. Right. situation. You want to be the tight nut boss. You People talk about different platforms that you need to be on. You're constantly on a tight nut platform. There is no feedback or ownership right. or working. Um, there's there's no readiness because your nuts are constantly tight. You're not worried about it. The, and you said platform. I want to say that like at this point, when you're at that level, it's more of a plateau. Yeah. And they can't reach it. The, they can't get up there anymore. It's called the nope. employee mindset. If they have the employee mindset, you need to have the boss mindset. And the employee mindset will make jokes. And say things like, oh, you know, Mr. Pleasure really needs to get laid. And you should take that as a compliment because that means that everyone knows how tight your nuts are and how wound up your nuts are. And if your nuts ever unwound, it would be like a, you know, like a racquetball at the very top where your your racquetball nuts would have to go, you know, through a good minute of unwinding before they could even unleash that load. It's like a pretzel. Right. And it's like an Annie Ann. And and you want your employees to know that you don't nut and that if you did nut, it would be like, it would come out like when you put your thumb (laughs) over a garden hose and it just get the whole, you know, next time. And your employees will say things like, you know, when that guy nuts, finally, he's going to need to go outside because if he doesn't, he's going to get the whole room messy. You the want PSI your is going to destroy the light like above. Also, because they, you have to realize all of your employees constantly want to have sex with you. If you right. aren't thinking about this constantly, about them thinking about you thinking your nuts are going to get emptied at some point, guess what? You're not. Right. You're not you're worried not. about that. They're tight. They're tight. You're good. I've I've made steps to make my employees as as anxious as as I am at times. Um, I was working okay. at. Um, I was working for the Hormel Chili, Chili Corporation, right? Uh, the third biggest corporation yep, yep. in the United States. And I actually replaced the water cooler with a comically large coffee pot. So my employees would not drink water and would drink coffee instead. Because I said they said, there's no water here. Where do we get water? And I'd say, you got to drink out of the toilet for that. Winners drink coffee. And it really kind of really helped spur things along. There was a lot of arguments and stuff like that, but efficiency was up. First three hours of the day, they're absolutely killing it. The rest of the day, that's when you're waking up from your hangover. You're feeling much better than they are. They're starting to feel bad. Think about it. You're looking at a graph right now. The employees, you can see their line is going down slowly, just jumping up and down, but pretty much consistently down. You, very nice at the bottom, then it coasts up. Then you're hitting that plateau. Right. And then that's when you come out and you start wanting to act like you're empathizing with them. You start saying, hey, Cody, uh, customer service agent, how are things today? Oh, your stomach bothering you? You need to get on probiotics. You go to somebody else. Hey, uh, what are you up to to do, Susie? Oh, how are, how, are you hitting your quota in sales? That's great. Um, 
She's not hanging her quota in sales. You go to her fucking manager and you lay into his dumb ass because he's railed up on fucking coffee and he can't do shit. Right. He won't say anything to you. And if he's not in his office, you know exactly where he is. He's fucking praying to God on that toilet, right? And yep. you're what you're yep. doing is you're you're knocking on that stall door. You see his legs. You want you know it's him. You want him to admit that he's taking shit and on he's your so- time. He is so terrified. Your dad terrified. built the fucking he's, office like that. You know exactly how it's laid out. You got he's cameras in all the point. air ducts right over the toilets, and you know exactly who's in there doing what. He's panicking. Right, Kevin, we don't- he hears the door open. He's putting his feet up against the stall so you can't see his in the <laughs> stall. You know he's in there. And he's freaking out. He's already anxious because he has this debilitating, you know, butt water. He knows you're going to come in Listen, there and lay into him. You know he- and you're hoping he... You're hoping he has this vague response, and he just, you know, yeah. checks out right there. You know like he's so freaked out that he thinks that you won't know that he's in there because he can't see your feet, even though the door is locked, because you've put the kind of airplane fucking bathroom locks on that say occupied. Like, you won't know he's fucking in there, but this guy's brain is so fucking wired on coffee, he's trying to hide, and you are in there banging on the door about, like, to take the fucking door off the hinges, and he's just crying. This is one of my favorite tricks that I learned at your um, <laughs> seminar, Jerry. Um, you call it's called business tricks, and it's it's called yeah yeah it, it's called business tricks. Go yeah, ahead. And, he did and this it's whole called, presentation with his top hat and a and, rabbit. And you taught me this move. I thought it was going to be funny. No, this is a move that you taught me in your business trick session called the Cavaliers Gambit. And what you do is you fake opening the door that leads out from the bathroom, and you sit on the sink and be completely silent. Until he removes himself from the bathroom stall, and then you caught him. And at this point, he has zero negotiating power <laughs> in any type of yep. boss-employee relationship. Yep. You, uh, if you know one of your employees is in the bathroom, he's been using the bathroom all day, maybe he's sick, maybe he's hungover, maybe he just wants to go to the bathroom to play on his phone, you go in there... And you open the door and act like you're leaving. You hit the little Dyson Airblade, like, <laughs> oh, I'm clean. I'm washing my fucking hands right now. Oh, uh, do the door. I'm washing and my then hands. you sit there. Yeah, yeah. Do, do, do. <laughs> and then you wait. You wait for him to open the door. Or even better, you wait until he flushes the toilet. You charge the fucking stall room door, <laughs> take it off the hinges, and check him into the fucking toilet. Let him sit on his little porcelain throne like he thinks he's a fucking god, and you send his ass home for the rest of the day. Listen, always... Like he's going to go to HR covered in fucking piss and shit and water. Listen, you always run your employees' files so you know stuff about them. Let's, let's take a look. Maybe you, know, you have a salesman named you know, Harold. He's fat. He's a wimp. You know he probably disgusting. Yeah, you know you can glasses, bald. You can size him up, and from his profile, you can guess he probably runs a web comic or something like that, right? And so you're able to kind of do that, and you're able to psychologically game these people because also at the same time you're presenting as little about your personal life as possible to your employees. So instead of a person, they can't even empathize with you, but you look almost like a statue. You know, or you know, a god, yes. something like that. You let them, you let them reference uh, things that everyone should know about, and you act like you have no fucking idea what he's talking about every goddamn time. He could be talking about, 
Uh, fuck. What? He could be talking about Fire Donald emblem. Trump. Yeah, yeah, sorry? No, I mean, just one of my employees the other day was talking about Fire Emblem to me for about 10 minutes. I have no Never idea heard of that. that Never heard of that. That's what yeah, you told I was like, what kind of, and I went into my office, and I immediately, I took out the nitrous from my desk, and I immediately <laughs> just inhaled, you know, about a liter of it, because I don't know what the fuck is going on in my life. And he's good. He He does the sales. He keeps his number up. And that's the only thing that kept me from going and instead of opening the drawer to my nitrous, I opened up the drawer to my gun and going out there and putting a clip into his head. You know, there's, you know what? That's just what business is. There's, and being Charles, a boss. I've said a few times I'm kind of sus, uh, <laughs> suspicious about some of your methods, but that one's sound. That's solid. Um, I, I would say that there's other methods you can do because sometimes there's a question that managers have of how do you deal with successful employees that present other problems? And, you know, let's say Easy. let's say you have an employee who meets a sales quota, but he may be openly rebellious or something like that. Well, let's or he's a pedophile. let's say he goes home at 5 p.m. Right. And you're going to stay there basically till the gin dries up. Right. And you're going to go in yes. his office after yes. he leaves. And let's say it's raining. You're going to open all of his windows. <laughs> right. And you're going to let the <laughs> rain get in. You're going to do that. And then. If he comes and says anything about it, guess what? It was housekeeping. You can blame them. You can blame. You wait yeah. until he goes to fucking lunch in the fucking cafe. You buy you buy pizza or you already order fucking carry out or whatever you want for the entire office until this asshole leaves his goddamn desk. You take his keys out of his fucking desk and go out to his car. You roll those windows down. You go back inside <laughs> and put his fucking keys in his desk. Let's say you have an employee that... I mean, me, I just toss the keys out the window off the 25th floor, <laughs> but, you know, that's me. Let's say you have an employee that'll go down to the cafeteria and he has Popeye's chicken every day. I've done this a couple times. The psychologically game. I've bought every single piece of chicken in a Popeye's more than three times. Yes. I've spent upwards of $5,000 on fried chicken just so that an employee that slighted me would not enjoy any fried chicken. And then he came in, he comes in holding his bag of KSC, his face is, you know, you know, he just looks mortified and down. Right. You know, What's no wrong, one, Devin? What's wrong? No one ever wants to eat KFC over Popeyes. It's well known. <laughs> On a Tuesday as well. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Almost too easy. Almost it's too all, it's, easy. It's, it's like they put it there just for you. Yeah. And they don't think about this stuff. And this the is two why special. we go to Jerry Icy. Right. Now... We also were talking about all this stuff, and uh, you know, we got Kevin especially bringing up the stuff that he calls problems. But what we're addressing here is we're bringing you solutions. Solutions. Jerry's all about yeah. solutions. And he's a positive. He's a guy. positive we're guy, positive guys, and, as and, you've you know, heard so far. And, and my one criticism as a business person is that I bring a lot of negative energy. You know, uh, I've been called. You know, you're young, right? It's okay. I've been called the just the 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 necromancer of the MBA program. And uh, I don't know what that means because I'm not a fucking nerd, but still, you know, I understand it's dark. You don't need experience to be a great boss, as you've proven. But we have a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, scenarios for you, Jerry, and we'd like to hear what your solutions for these would be. Well, what I wanted to touch upon. It's what I'm here for. What I want to touch upon first is we're talking about employees, management, how to, you know, control them, manipulate them, destroy them. Empower them, dominate them, psych utilize psychologically, them, sexually, them. financially. One of the very effective uh, it's not strategies. Not give it all away. 
One of the very effective strategies that I found that I learned from you is team building can be a key, key differentiator with your team. And, yes. you know, you can do stuff like, you know, you know, there's uh, what, you know, paintball, you know, uh, painting with a twist, uh, take them to the shooting range, you know, bomb building. Um, you know, just last year, I wouldn't let my team go home for about a week until they could map out and navigate DE Inferno while blindfolded. <laughs> and I wouldn't let them leave that office until they were able to, you know, tell me each point they're at, you know, where's A, where's B. How long and does, if, if somebody is sprinting straight forward with their knife, how long does it take them to reach this corner? Dust 2 is the benchmark, easily. Yeah. If somebody says, oh, I, I, I know Dust 2, okay, uh, why don't you fucking work it, um, I don't know, anywhere, anywhere but here. You yeah. Um, so, DE Inferno is a good starting point. Um, or it, DE Office, if you will, you know, where we work. Yeah, DE Office would, would be great. Uh, unfortunately, it's not the best map for competition. It's out of, it's uh, out of, you definitely it's want out of rotation, so... Yeah, Inferno has three specific paths you can take. Um, there are choke points. There are ways to punish people. Uh, DE Office is a child's dream. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's an act. It's an active shooter situation. This is DE Office is quite literally an, a map that's only still popular in Counter Strike because it reminds them of real life. It's it, this is a Columbine situation. It's fucking pathetic. As well, I, I remember going to your seminar, and I was 19 years old, and I was a freshman at Harvard, and I was in one of those business classes where everyone yells at each other for about an hour straight. And I remember going to your seminar, and that 45 minutes you spent on uh, CS Office it was amazing. I oh, just tore it apart. That's why just, I brought it up. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I've done this one a few times. It was called. Um, office don't just don't it's not there's <laughs> you will never learn anything in cs office for counter-strike outside of counter-strike whatsoever oh this is great we have an office that has a garage that's connected to the front of the office and the back of the office which makes perfect sense and then you have a temporary shack that's positioned right outside the front door so i guess that's where they hire the the temporary um, employees uh, to to snipe everyone from inside. Obviously, you have the executive offices in the back where you keep the hostages in the presentation room with a projector, which for some reason still exists 20 years after the fucking map was made. Um, <laughs> But that that's that's that entire presentation is for another time. We're talking about solutions for well, real Jerry, life applications, quickly, and that's just, not real life. Just quickly, I just wanted to ask you, uh, just for the listener's sake, and just for my own Oof. curiosity's sake, um, what would you say about uh, uh, FY uh, Pool Day or Ice World? Wonderful maps. Uh, pool, uh, pool, day, pool Day is easily, easily the best uh, map. Everyone knows. Pool Day is easily the best Counter-Strike map ever. Everyone spawns with a grenade and they can throw them <laughs> into the pool. Uh, Ice World obviously is a personal favorite because uh, you spawn in front of a weapon and you're forced to use it. And I would honestly say that uh, FY Ice World is is the precursor to all battle royale games that are so popular today, like Fortnite. Um, 
Not a great game, but I, I anyways, know what he's talking about. I don't, I don't yeah. know what that is. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I, I've been working in. Um, I mean, some this is the what we all talk about what, industry lately. A lot of broads. About in all it. These, I don't really like talk it. About, you talk about all these gaming maps. It's a metaphor for business. I, I hope everyone catches that. I think I think pretty much. I don't every, actually pay video every, games, every businessman here knows about you know, Ice World and Pool Day and, and even you know those weird Italy. sliding surfer maps where you're. Every businessman knows about those. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really get into it until I had a lot of these dipshits. No offense, Kevin, uh, your age, that ended up working for me that seemed to be playing them uh, on company time. But mm, I got into it a little bit, and it's just, it's just not that impressive to me. They're not very good games. Uh, uh, Jerry. Well, like what you said is that you've been going into offices, and you've been teaching them lately how to... Um, you know, hit the railgun shots and, you know, use, you know, use the teleporters properly and spawns. And, um, I don't know much about that, but, um, it seems to be working pretty well for you. Um, it's an older style that, uh, they don't teach it in books anymore. They don't teach it. You don't find it on Reddit. You don't find any kind of, uh, walkthroughs for this anymore. Um, so it's it's a different solution. Uh, it's it's a different solution to an existing problem that I don't think will go away, um, because again, no offense, Kevin, um, people your age are exposed to different things these days, and they're they're able to like if someone yells at them in the office, they can go hide behind a rock for three minutes and their health regenerates. Right. Uh, now, uh, back in my day, you had a boss that would punch you in the stomach. You had to go uh, home, maybe take some medicine to regenerate that health. Nowadays, you can hide behind a fucking rock or go to HR for an hour, and uh, oh, you know, I feel better all of a here sudden. Here comes the waterworks, and then you're fine. Workman's yes. comp, they're off for two weeks, three weeks, a month, yeah. and they want more. Then they become addicted to some opiate, uh, and then... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Unemployment is not your friend. Jerry, I, I, I want to run you through a quick a list. It's there to hurt you, not help Just you. some potential problems uh, for kind of uh, new managers that might have to deal with. And I was hoping to get your thing, your input on this. Okay. How might a manager deal with a scenario where, let's say, you have a newer employee who is designated 30 minutes for lunch often taking 45 minutes to an hour for lunch. And when you address this with him, perhaps he either lies or is defiant. How would you handle that, Jerry? This is one of the easiest issues I've ever dealt with. Obviously, you've already identified this as a problem employee. You're not going to want to keep him on because they don't want them on. Um you don't want to keep this person hired. You effectively want to move this person to a WFH, uh, which is a working from home position. You wait until they're working from home and you slowly give them less and less work to do. And then after tracking them for long enough, you learn that they're playing um, Counter-Strike on uh, CS Office. <laughs> and after you've installed different things on their computer and you realize they're playing games all day, it's relatively easy to build up enough um, information on them that you don't have to pay them unemployment or anything. Works pretty well. Um, uh, Giles, would you have any solutions for that that you might do differently? Um, you're asking me if I have a better solution than 
You're, you're right. Let's move really? on. I mean, folks, um, if you take anything, oh. if you take anything from this uh, this podcast that we're doing here, and uh, all the solutions and everything, or whatever I say or what Kevin says, Jerry, I I got to make man. one thing clear. Jerry does it. Okay. Jerry, Jerry does, does it. it. Nice and Jerry does it. And uh, you know what? We got a few questions. You know, what would you say? We got simple stuff. I mean, there's simple stuff. You probably have a simple solution. You know, how can you cut costs for one? Easiest way to cut costs. Um, no web networks. Put everything on the cloud. Uh, outsource as many things as possible. <laughs> um, if you have any kind of customer service support, only hire one person to answer the phones. The rest of them answer all incoming calls or text messages. You want everybody to get online to get to you if they need help, right? Okay. Maybe automated Let systems. Let a bot handle it. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, we used right. to call it workflow automation. We call it workflow streamlining now. Streamline People don't it, like right. automations. They don't like robots. They don't like automatons. They don't you like know, that submit shit. You know, submit a ticket, you know. Yes, submit a ticket. Maybe we'll generate a case for you and get back to you. Wrong. <laughs> get back into it. You're going to find something that already exists that's going to try and help you. But it won't help you. You just need to get back and try again, you fucking idiot. You're going to taste the pain. Uh, you're the moron. You're going to feel the pain. You're going to feel like a fool because the world has turned you into its big joke and no one knows but you. And you are sitting alone in your gym shorts and no t-shirt. And you're just sitting there sweating in your house without air conditioning because you're so poor that you can't even get a solution done yourself. That's right. You automate everything. Don't worry sense. about anything. And, and so, I, I will say this as well, and I don't mean to try to uh, 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 change Jerry's answer at all, but, you know, perhaps if you have a problem where you need to cut costs, you could also instead maximize profits. Well, I was just about to get to that. Right. I was going to say, how do we increase numbers? But I think the previous question kind of answers well, we, that. You know, you cut costs. Well, here's my, you're increasing numbers, may, baby. Let me say this. That's just pure move. And here, you know, you can always maximize profits by cutting costs. But if you need to cut costs, you can also maximize profits. It's true. Best way to do it? Too. You find the cheapest possible services and platforms you can pay for that will keep your business running. Um, best example of this I can think of, HR, uh, benefits programs. You want to hire a company like Zenefits. These people are letting their people drink on the job, <laughs> fuck in the stairwells, and smoke cigarettes constantly on the phones and in the stairwells while fucking also. This is real. Look it up. Zenefits. Great company. Really, really good company. They all smoke a cigar and blow it right into the sm phone, and you can smell yeah, I'll it. I'll tell you what, if I wasn't... If I wasn't, if we weren't all as well off as we are, that's a company I would want to work right. for. Right. Uh, just a big, great interface. Though. A twenty-four hour <laughs> fuckathon, fucking a fuckathon, smokeathon, blowathon, drinkathon. It's a honestly, I wish I had run it. I wish I had run that company. I would have run it correctly. I would have sold it before it got to the point where they went public. But basically, I want you to imagine Freaknik. And I want you to press that single, all of Freaknik into a building, and that's your company. Pretty much. Well, they all operate. Mm -hmm. They all operate differently. You know, I was at a, uh, I was at a firm for a while where uh, when I was younger, and this is when I was, uh, you know, really getting my cut and uh, really, you know, seeing how this world works. 
And, you know, they try to come off as a fun company. You know, every every week they'd have a Super Smash Brothers tournament. I came up with that, yes. And uh, I hated it. And um, I said, you know, these people, all they want to do is play Super Smash Brothers. This is all I care about. This is the only game they care about or talk about. And they have kind of this sort of uh, childish fixation on it. And at the point I was like, I need to get out. And, you know, they tried to keep me because they said... Oh, you're really good. You even like dominate everyone with Peach, and you put just you know, play Yoshi, right? And it was it just wasn't for me, and I had to, I had to you know I had to depart ways. But you know that was that was a learning experience. You right. know, all my losses was lessons, and uh, you know that's that's where we're at. That's and why we're doing the show. I mean, honestly, know. Giles, whenever they uh, were, they were trying to get you to play Smash Brothers, uh, that point, I mean, what games did you play growing up? Honestly, you, you said you're a little bit older than Kevin and myself. Well, you know, I want to talk about for a second. Um, if, if we could just segue into this, you know, if you guys will walk with me. Um, you know, who are our inspirations? Who are our heroes? Who are the people that had that drive that were like, that's what I want to be. That's what I oh, want to I do in my life. That's know. where I want to go. And I, you know, there's a few, you know, off the top of my head, you know, Tony Robbins, Rick Fox. Uh, Christopher Lloyd and Dennis the Menace because he just took what he thought was his. <laughs> Absolutely, he yes. ate the apple. Yes, yes. Uh, Kim dot com. You know right. John Romero, John Carmack, uh, the Bash Brothers, some Mighty Ducks, uh, Scrooge McDuck. You know all those people really. You know they went for it. They go for it. They say this is who I am, and if you don't like it, you can suck me. And that's what I wanted. And that's really you know. You know, like I said, I mentioned John Romero, John Carmack, and you know, I was playing Doom. And Different then that types. Game, you're constantly moving, you're constantly hopping, constantly looking left to right. You can't even jump. You're just bouncing. You don't jump, and you're looking, and you're bleeding, and you're fighting your demons. You're facing down hell itself, and it's just you. And I was like, that's the guy I want to be. I'm the Doom guy. I feel like you really opened up. Yeah, that's that's. I appreciate that. Thank you, Giles. Now, who you, are Kevin? your inspirations? Uh, for me, um, I remember being very young, 12 years old. And I remember... It's probably like 2012. Well, it was... Let's see, in 2012, I was 18. Um, yeah, I was, I was about 12 math? years old, yeah. Boo! Listen, I'm not here to do math. This I'm here to talk. This guy doesn't work in talk, finance. Listen, here to talk, talk math. That's numbers. what Excel's listen, for. That's what the algorithms are for. If the numbers don't add up, then I just add them up myself. That's what I always say. The numbers don't matter. It's all about I only use spreadsheets for the women I've slept with. Whenever uh, I'm working with an employee and they start doing math and they try to correct me, it's like, oh, okay, you, you really want to check my math? Go ahead. <laughs> Have you checked the numbers? So, Have you checked the numbers? I was 12. I guarantee... It's Jerry Icy. Like check I the numbers every fucking up. day. I if it's Jerry Icy, I guarantee. I guarantee they add up. Okay? I was, uh, anyway, I was I was twelve years old, right? And and I'm watching television sure. as I was you know want to do at the time. Um, my father, very sure. nice house, was always out of the house. Um, had a couple different moms, never seemed to last, stuff like that. So I'd be sitting there watching TV. Right. What was his name? My dad's name. Yes. Uh, his, his name was Timothy Pleasure. Okay. Tim, he's a good guy. He, he is a good guy. I'm sorry. Tim I only asked because guy. his father was a very famous businessman, like elite pimp 
king. Right. You know, absolute boss. Every time he walked on the street with his suit and his king, you could hear Green Onions playing in the distance somewhere. <laughs> he was yeah, always... We, we know you guys, we, you guys were friends. He, he was always walking around with that big burlap sack of money that had that the, that classic dollar sign on it. And he was always walking around with two of them in each hand, you know... Of, he would get into that, that, that white stretch limousine that was about 100 feet long. And, you know, he was such a good businessman... That he killed himself the day before the first initial Wall Street collapse in the 1920s. He yeah. saw it coming, and he's like, uh, "I'm out." Yeah, he had you. He had you in the 1920s. Oh no, that was my gr- uh, grand. Yeah, that I was met my him grandfather the back then. Yeah, yeah. He, he, uh, his grandfather. Uh, I met his father though at the men's club. Um, we used to play water polo together, and uh, I, his, his, your, your father though. Go ahead, Kevin. Oh, oh, well, well, I, I was, I was in home a lot, and this is about my business hero, and I would watch a lot of television. Right, that's what it's about. And my business hero, my business inspiration, um, I would watch a lot of commercials, and the the one guy that would always catch my attention is is this ad campaign they started doing after Bill Clinton was president, and it was the blue M M&M. and M. And he'd be doing things like wearing sunglasses. He'd wear a tie. He'd play the saxophone. And, That's right. And, and Bill Clinton played the saxophone. Exactly. Actually. And the, everyone fact. knows that the blue M&M was based off of Bill Clinton. Effectively. And he was yeah. blue because the dress Monica Lewinsky was wearing was blue. He jizzed on, yeah. So it's like, while I am not a Democrat, I will say that, <laughs> that he was a very charismatic man. And the blue M&M always had this insane level of confidence and capability yes. and outright sexuality where women I know to this day <clears throat> will get horny for the blue M&M. Similar to right. how men love the green M&M, women love the blue M&M. Even though he is a smooth oblong object with no visible genitalia, they will be just, you know, Slapping their hands in and a their round legs, of applause, and their legs and arms are skin colored like Sonic for some right, reason. right, with their white gloves like Mickey Mouse that everyone knows what it is. And women are super attracted to that blue M M&M, and he projected pure power. Right, I had a housekeeper right. that every time that blue M M&M and M came on, she would just start fucking slapping her clit like a stand up bass. <laughs> Makes perfect sense, and she yeah. would just 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 go nuts. For the pure, oh raw God. sexual energy of the blue Eminem. And that's yep. who I wanted to be. Didn't matter if you were a Bill Clinton fan or not. Right. Big, big not fan over here. Just like the blue Eminem. Right. Right. So the blue Eminem was my hero growing up. And, you know, I always tried to do everything how I imagined the blue Eminem would do it. Now, Jerry, uh, we both, you know, opened up to you and shared you our heroes growing up. Could you share, like, any of your inspirations, if you will? I can do a few. Okay. So one of them I was very, very pleased. You mentioned Doom Guy from Doom. Oh, yeah. Great. Strong, man, strong guy. A man going his own way. <laughs> you both. Doing everything. You both did the He's, Doom guy. <laughs> Yep. So Doom Guy from Doom. Very good. Very as, impressive. As, oppo- the, as opposed to the Doom the Guy from other him. games. 
Yeah, yeah, Doom guy from Doom. So <laughs> not uh, the Doom guy from Doom sixty four. It's the Doom guy from Doom. No, 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 Doom guy from Doom. Doom guy from Doom. Sixty four doesn't exist. I, That's not the, canon. Do you remember the picture of him standing on all those zombos and he's 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 holding his hand up in one hand. He's he's gripping something. He's just gripping the air. That's what. He, that's the solution that he's gripping in his left hand. His right, his right hand. He's holding this in, this incredible machine gun with unlimited ammo, and he's unloading into all these people below what him. I always Can you really guess like what those about people are? Employees. <laughs> that's right, Giles. Okay, uh, what did you like? I liked how you know Oof. in the that epic, that iconic image of the Doom guy fighting off those demons. Doom those guy from Doom. Worms. Yeah. Yes. He has a crop top on, and his <laughs> his abs are showing. And what they're doing, what John Romero and Jared Carmack were doing with that, my heroes as well, is that they're flipping sexuality. You know, you see a woman in a crop top, her abs are showing, her stomach is showing. You're like, oh, I'm gonna blow raspberries in that baby. <laughs> like that's sexy. Yeah, I mean, you that's see, I'm Doom guy. You felt why, the same way yeah. because you're like, oh, he's badass. He's fighting off hellish demons, and he's got a gun, and he's even cooler than these women because they're not even killing demons, and they're not fighting through the worst part of anything that anyone could ever fight through. And they're not, you know, they're not the most important and, you know, uh, it, like a huge milestone in first-person shooters like he is. So that really stuck with me, that, that, that Doom guys were in a crop top and you could see his uh, perfect body underneath. So yeah, I that know. was that was definitely more of John Carmack's idea. I was more friends with John Romero at the time. John Romero had he had the Lambo, he had the long hair, he had the sunglasses. He had John he Carmack. John Carmack, yes, uh, effectively. I mean, Daikatana was fucking incredible. I do not know why that was not the Quake Two killer, but John Romero, very smooth, very cool guy. John Carmack, he was cool. He was the kind of guy that wanted to see that Ooh. that tummy. You're right. And now um, he's in jail for pedophilia. That's um, right. Um, but, so did you want to hear uh, a, a couple of the other yeah, ones? Yeah, yeah. Please tell us. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. so uh, Neo from The Matrix. I don't think I have to say anything about that. Neo or uh, Neo? Uh, N-E-O. Neo from The Matrix. So Keanu Reeves oh, portrayed him in all three. I know a really cool Neo. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's kind of a stupid dorky name, but that's cool. <laughs> um, so... Uh, the next one I have is Thrall from Orgrimmar. I thought he was uh, very impressive. He kind of he got, he got, he doesn't he got live. kind of corrupted and had to change the horde. All right, um, he never he got good, corrupted. But the, I don't know. So the the big one that I yeah it'll, might be talking about Melganis, but we'll talk about that another time. Um, so the big one that I want to talk about my biggest inspiration lately. Dr. Wily from the Mega Man series. <laughs> so you have so you have He's this guy as a scientist, all, right? They're all from games. He has come up with so many solutions his entire <laughs> fucking life, right? He's right. he's he's handled everything. He, he's handled the entire infrastructure of the world and he hasn't gotten credit for shit. So what does he do? He takes all all of these robots, all of these utility robots, all everything that handles any everything that uh, folds your laundry, uh, washes your clothes, uh, dries your clothes, um, irons your clothes, all everything that handles your entire life, um, specifically all the robots that do that with your clothes, and he turned them into battle bots that took over the entire world, and there was nothing anybody could do. He he was able to effectively change every industry into the world. 
to control, just to control everything. He, he took over every, he disrupted every industry in the world. That's true. And he was, he was effectively the king. That, that's it. That, that's, that's, Dr. Wiley is, is my guy right now. It's uh, amazing that you, you know, I never really knew that much about you, uh, Jerry, but, you know, it paints a pretty clear picture that, you know, all every <laughs> single one of your heroes is from a video game in the 1990s. Well, I want to kind of like, I want to kind of steer away from this a little bit. I want to kind of, like, kind of go off track. Maybe it's, I know we've been like kind of on this uh, little tangent here. Um, Jerry. Neo is from uh, a movie. Well, but... All right. Well, we want to Sorry, ask you uh, what just straight up RAM, you know, how much is too much and what do you do with it? How much is too much RAM right now? Um, we're talking like about eight, eight uh, mem- memory in your computer, right? RAM. Okay. Random um, access memory. Yes. What number did you give me first? Eight gigabytes, that's enough, right? Uh, eight's, eight's enough. No, four, I, then you double it to eight. Eight's, eight's good right now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say you're doubling four to eight right now. You might have done that a few years back. I would say eight, eight's good. You can double eight to 16. I would okay. say that's okay, but it's completely unnecessary to double 16. I do not think you need to you double your You don't think 32 RAM. is necessary? Um, depends on what you're doing. Well, let me ask you this: Like, what do you need to so do? What, what are you doing that needs thirty-two th- RAM? Look, well, you might if, be you're, using, if you're you might running be using, a big spreadsheet in Excel, uh, you only need sixteen. I don't know what the fuck you're doing with your life. Well, if you you're using like CAD, you know, if you got engineers, they might be needing. I don't. I don't need fucking thirty-two. Maybe they do. What if you have a Skyrim mod right. that makes all the horses have dicks in really high detail, and you need about five hundred horses at the same time? Do you need thirty-two RAM for that? Again, I would never be in that situation in the fucking first place. Well, no one's accusing you of anything, Jerry. Like, I mean, like I'm just asking about right an employee. About it. Like, we're just asking an honest question. You sounded like, like a fucking employee right now asking me about Skyrim mods and shit. Like, I, I have to go back to my fucking why office are you sweating? and take some promethazine you, and take a why nap. Why are you yelling at us, Jerry? You're, you look very, you know, visually just disturbed. Is everything all right? Uh, well, 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 let's let's steer away from this. Uh, like, so maybe sixteen's enough. Do I need an i seven? I, I think an i seven's good. And uh, just just so you know, uh, Kevin, I know we're on a uh, on a stage right now talking to a lot of people and understand. <laughs> but they, they call me they call me the Ice Man for a reason. All right, I'm completely cool right now, and everything's right, fine. There's a crowd. I'm of, not agitated. About four thousand people. We're speaking here at uh, uh, the business side of e3 we're speaking at b3 and uh you know got about three thousand people here and you you are i, I will admit you're staying cool i'm sorry he is turning i red. didn't mean to challenge well don't say he's it. turning red for a minute i i didn't mean to make you angry it's hot in here i'm i apologize yeah, it's well, a little that, hot that, in here it's a little temperature monitor here. we had the temperature monitor we had on can you we turn the like ac 101. conditioning a little bit down just point a fan at them yeah bring the box in over here oh thank you no not that one that one no, not that one. That one, stupid bitch. All right, so Jerry. All right, well, let's steer clear of that. Um, maybe we'll ask you a little about. So you're in a business. Everyone's using computers these days, right? You know, it's like everything's like <laughs> yes, paper, everyone's using paper computers versus these computers. Days. It's true. Save some trees. Everything's like computerized, digitalized, all that. Which uh, you agree with? It makes sense, I'm sure. Uh, but what about you know? It makes sense to make 
easily the switch to wireless mice? Like, why have so many cords? I, I why can have tell wires? this is what you're getting at. Okay, so... He's turning. Uh, are again. you talking about wireless mice and wireless keyboards, or any other wireless peripherals right now? Oh, both. Yes. Like you want to cut out all both. cords, right? Makes any, it easy. Any other than like those a Mac? Two? Wireless mouse, wireless keyboards. You can game on Wi-Fi easily. Game um, on Wi-Fi. When you say game on Wi-Fi, with those two peripherals, or are you just talking about? Yeah, with my like wireless with a, mouse, with a wireless keyboard, well, and my Wi-Fi. Everything. Actually, I game on my uh, hotspot, my uh, Verizon hotspot. Oh, it's good. Wireless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure your connection is uh, very stable with that. Um, so you're playing with a wireless mouse. I play right? PUBG. Do you need play more PUBG. land? Tick rate's good in that game. Tick rate's good at 17. So your your mouse, uh, you're running like a uh, 100 hertz on it, uh, polling rate, uh, and your DPI is maybe like. 4,000 or something like that. Do you think that information's traveling fast enough over uh, fucking whatever Wi-Fi, Bluetooth shit to your computer? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not. It's not. It's well, actually, not. Well, actually, all my stuff is Bluetooth. Okay, that's good. That's good. I mean, Bluetooth <laughs> is really good. Uh, so you're you're playing your game. Especially for sound quality. I have these Bluetooth headphones. They're really good for hearing yeah, sound you can quality. Yeah, you can go sit on the toilet right now and talk to me if you want to. That'd be good. Excuse me. Um, You're looking very red. You, are you okay? Are you okay, Jerry? It's, <laughs> everything's fine. Tappy, everything's fine. His foot. He's tapping his yeah. foot. Um, you, you're playing your games. You're talking about playing games online. What happens when that mouse runs out of batteries? Huh? I mean, I just recharge them. Oh, okay, okay, okay. What happens when it runs out of batteries while you're playing your game? Well, you know, I tell my teammates, you know, in the middle of like an attack or you know, it's like, dinner time. Mom, thirty mom minutes into me. A, yeah, I need to go eat dinner. In, thirty minutes into a league game, I tell them, "Oh, my mouse ran out, and I got to change it out." Hey, we got bubble guts. My stomach. Sorry, hurts. I gotta go. My mom's being a bitch. Yeah, you, you pretty much uh, come up with something like that to run away. No, no, I tell them, like, mouse. "Oh, my bad, my mouse so just died." Whenever and, there's a thunderstorm and you're playing uh, WoW with all of your friends online, do you take your headphones off in case you think you'll get zapped? <laughs> well, I don't have a uh, I don't have a surge protector. It's just plugged straight into the wall. So, well, your your headset isn't connected to anything, right? It's wireless. Oh yeah, it's Bluetooth. <laughs> <laughs> What's the problem? Uh, uh, so the information, and I like the wireless information like, is wired uh, while we are alive. I don't use. I usually I play in bed because I don't play on a monitor. I play on my TV. You lay it's about yep. forty inches. You yep. lay down on you your stomach. Uh, I use my thigh. You lay down as a your mouse. I use the thigh. And you I put use the my mouse thigh on your stomach <laughs> and you rub it around. And when you're finished eating thigh. dinner and you, and you need to turn one hundred and eighty degrees, you say, mm, "Me full. I'm all done now." <laughs> so you're saying I need a mouse pad, right? Uh, no, you keep using your stomach. <laughs> I know. So I don't All need a mouse of us pad. have been there in which you have finished eating dinner and you say, Mmm, me full. And then you go and lay down in bed and rub the mouse pad on your stomach while playing Max Payne 2. Yeah, and then you can speed run it because the entire speed run of Max Payne is rolling and sidestepping. <laughs> <laughs> and all the guys say, huh? Where'd he go? Huh? Where'd he go? Oh, no, pain. I can't fit true. Hey, I can't stop fit it. true. Get that guy. Oh, my God. Get him, pain. Get 
got them. Uh, uh, so, uh, Jerry, I wanted to ask one question real quick about um, probably your most famous technique. Um, and maybe everyone here doesn't know it. Will you give us a little insight into the stick and bucket? Yep. Okay. So, I'm not going to lie on this one, folks. I was a little tilted. Uh, this is whenever I was in a middle management position. I was dealing with some... I was working IT. I'm not afraid to admit this, guys. I was a system administrator. I was working IT. Got to work your way up. I was, yeah, got to work your way up. Got to get that experience before you can learn all these different platforms and then bullshit all the way through. That's a little tip, too. But um, so... You got these people like and uh, like Giles that are uh, playing playing with these wireless mice. And back in the day, these things they they still run on AA and AAA batteries, but they run they ran out of batteries much faster back then. So what you do is you got these coworkers that are complaining about the same thing every fucking day. You keep a bucket that has cement mix and water in it, and you stir it under your desk and you wait. You wait until somebody to mess up because you know they're going to mess up every day. Someone's going to be stupid every day. And you fill that mouse up with the cement and put it back on the desk. Or you fill their entire desk drawer up with cement and you close the desk drawer. That's uh, what the stick and bucket thing comes from. Now it's more of an idea, not so much as a use uh, because I was fired whenever I did that. But it's still good. It's still a good thing to consider um, if you want people to, if you want their productivity to come to a standstill. There's nothing better than fucking cement. <sighs> well, it's a kind of a kind of a inconvenient. It's a very specific, <laughs> very specific technique. <laughs> it's a very specific solution, but that's what it was Gary's a different about. time back then. Uh. So uh, there's a couple of uh, a couple more questions we wanted to go over. Um, so, this one came from, uh, we got an email from, uh, who was this from, Kevin? This was from, uh, That was Jenny? a, um... From Jenny. This is an email from Jenny. She's asking... A, is, is it Jenny? Jenny Kaminsky. Jenny. Jenny Kaminsky. Um, great girl. Great gal. And she's, uh, she's doing a lot of good stuff over at Goldman Sachs, uh-huh. which has a great name, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> she, uh, she just wanted to ask Jerry... Is food juice, or is juice food? Oh, I keep getting this one. Giles, uh, Giles, I keep getting this one. I don't know how to escape mm-hmm. it. Food I know. and juice are two I know. separate things. They're not the same thing. They are completely different. I mean, how different. are they not? Uh, juice is a liquid, and food is a solid. Thank you. Let me ask you this. Is beer food or juice? Uh, I just it's food? finished... That is absolutely right, Charles. I used to think it was juice, but the more I thought about it, it's more like bread. It's more of a bread feature. Beer is food. Beer is food, right. officially. I would, I would say um, that well, right then, now Speaking of food, we have a question from Alex. Alex Branson, who's doing a lot of good stuff in my yeah. company, working his way up. Yeah, I and he asked, fucking guy. Yeah, I don't know about he that asked, guy. My good friend, Anil Dash, <clears throat> he just threatened to kill him with a minigun. So, you know, I'm not... Yeah. Right to kill him with a minigun. Who would do it's such funny, a thing? It's hard to find Branson anywhere. I just get banned. I mean, yeah, it's this guy. I don't know. He, you know, I don't know about this guy. Well, his question has nothing to do with that. He just wanted to know, Jerry, can you eat lunch in the bathroom? Absolutely. Uh, 
yes, you can, Branson. However, Bran I've seen Branson post about this in some open source pages. Um, Dark web. You cannot eat. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't eat food on the tank of the toilet. You bring a di you bring a fucking Bl dish with you, you like a, a civilized person, and you set it on your lap, and you eat on you eat that way. You don't put the dish on the fucking tank of the toilet. That's just uh, just quick question. What if you put you you bring a plate, but you put the plate on the tank of the toilet? I just said that you don't want to put the plate on the tank of the toilet. That's not what the tank is for. It's not a surface. That's why it's not flat. It's round. So your leg, you your legs a are a surface. I'm confused. Yes. You don't just don't disrespect well, the toilet. Like you don't face the tank. He just turns the top of the tank to like a charcuterie board and you know, he's just eating sliced well, meats and cheeses and crackers. I heard, and I heard that he up. opens up the top of the tank because he hides beers in there. Well, he pulls them out after a while because he wants them to warm up. The, the freak tank probably drinks cold. the water out of the top of the tank. Man, I, don't I, think, I don't think he does that. The, the tank right, well, is it's part of the toilet. You're not treating it as a surface. It's not surface area. His second question was, "Oh, this Jerry, guy gets I two questions. Okay, sorry. I mean, he's been doing good stuff, right? Sounds like a good-looking good guy to me. He seduced a woman and like closed the deal and like also had sex with her. So he also wanted to know about workplace naps. Any tips on those? Um, Do you have any advice on naps? If you nap in my office." I will find a way, uh, the, the term we use now is displacing. I'll, I'll find a way for your job to not exist anymore. That's what displacement is. I will, I'll figure out a way to automate your entire job and you won't work for me anymore. Uh, we had a guy, uh, we were talking about a corporate office renovation a couple months ago. And uh, we asked this guy, I was like, hey, do you have any recommendations? We don't fucking listen to these people. We're just asking him, well, this fucking doofus. He goes, oh, how... How about a nap room? Did he say it like? Did he say it like that? Like an orc peon? Yes. Like he said it like <laughs> something. Be uh, he doing? actually sounded. He sounded exactly the way that I, I just said it, like one hundred percent. And um, me, not that kind of orc. Pretty much displaced him on the point. And and, and after well, he got fired, me, uh, did he say, <clears throat> "We're under attack"? Um. No, no, I didn't. Okay, say that. just asking. Sure. sure. <laughs> why don't we? Uh, why don't we close this off with a little bit of word association? All right, for both of you, I'll list this oh, off. For you guys. Well, let's do the word association. But after that, I, I also have kind of a proposition I want to do. But let's go ahead with the word association. And I'll get to that. I'll do. I'll do a few. I'll do a few. All right. So let's go. People. Money. Release ready. Service. P pleasure. Ownership. Problems. Kill them. Issues. Uh, I would say solutions, but problems. Okay. <laughs> solutions. Seems, seems you've had too many spicy tonics. Uh, losses. Generation Y. Bad data. Disrupt. Offshoring. Taking advantage. <laughs> Engage. Buzzword compliant. Deep dive. Feedback. Drinking the Kool Aid. Action. Bio break. Eating your own dog food. Unemployment. Facilitate. Quick win. Uh, game plan. 
Knowledge process outsourcing. Headwind. Make it pop. Incentivize. Gluten-free eggs. All right, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> All right, Jerry, why don't you give us your... Uh, your or, uh, I'm sorry, Kevin, your proposition for Jerry. All right. Um, I just want to say, Jerry, you're a huge inspiration, and what you did when you started doing the huge. seminar uh, circuit is I've always wanted to emulate that in some sense. And I'm not expecting anything of any word. I just kind of wanted to run by you, you know, something I had prepared and something for the audience to enjoy here. Um, I'm hoping you guys would like to hear that, right? Um, yes. Um, all right, guys, let's settle down. I hear all right. you. All right, let him finish. All right. So, you know, I've been, I've been working on this, and it's just a lot of stuff about, you know, a lot of philosophies on business and things like that. And I, I just, you know, it's, it's better for me to get into it. Um, I want to pitch something to you specifically, Jerry. I want to know what you think of it because you're the man, and I'm calling this the business of business. All right, Ooh, and just imagine me good. on a black stage, turtleneck, headpiece, Steve Jobs, black jeans, you know, black Adidas, so people don't think I'm like oh, a black study. Jeans. I, I think I think I've got it, the idea in right. my head. Right, I just I black jeans. You know, don't mess with success. Your employees are the lifeblood of your company. They do the work that makes your business a business. Especially blood. You sell You're things bleeding. or services for money. You getting it? Listen here, dumbass, with your sloth face. You, in the front row. Yeah, a sloth face and some thin, thin lips like a pedophile. But can you command a boardroom? Will people respect you? The hour of pleasure which is a, a tentative name, uh, mind you. I share the same name. You know, that name is actually the same of a sort of kind of polyamorous Bacchanal mixer that explicitly allows no condoms. So I'm, I'm not, like, sold on the name. But the Hour of Pleasure, it's the best one I have so far. So I'm gonna, All right. The Hour of Pleasure is a hard, rough-riding, three-hour seminar in which I hammer the participants on their business ideas and present effective business solutions you'll learn things like power shoulders how to walk like a mech into the boardroom so you carry a powerful <laughs> mechanical image into their subconscious <laughs> you're gonna learn gun kata and let your employees know that you know it you're gonna tell a long detailed story of people suffocating to death in a grain silo to not only intimidate your employees but give them enough perspectives so they won't complain about your rat problem. You're going to keep your employees in a tight line by tattooing all of their forearms with Hitman barcodes. <laughs> all right, audience, I think people here, businessmen, you need to know life is not about fun. Life is worth running in an efficient way. I found my wife in less than two weeks after I decided it would be financially intelligent and career-oriented to get married. She was pregnant in the next four <laughs> days. She had no idea. She never saw it coming. I made a system of pros and cons. I made a decision, envisioned the outcome, and I did it. It is extremely important to envision things. Envisioning is just imagining things, but you're also making a wish. It's actually way lamer <laughs> than imagining. 
Envisioning is crucial to the business process. You need to just imagine how you want things to be and not think about how realistic or even important they are. Why, you ask? Well, it seems counterintuitive. It's almost like you are setting yourself up for disappointment. Exactly. Envision outcomes just so you can get upset by reality. Being constantly disappointed in your employees is the most important way to guarantee that you are a good boss. These are the tips and tricks of business I plan to share and more. Uh, the classes themselves, I'm planning at $5.50 a person. They last three hours. They're selling fast. The Hour of Pleasure, tentative name, is going to be at the Terre Haute Best Western. We're going to be in the Chris Hardwick room. Um, we're going to be right after the show where they do all the zombie stuff. So, you know, hopefully I can get him on there. Um, tough ticket, but, you know, things like that. I'm, I'm hoping I can see you guys there. Is he selling out? Yeah. And Jerry, I'm hoping uh, uh, you can give me some tips on my delivery and things like that. It'd be a pleasure to have you sometimes. I understand you're a big shot. Kevin pleasure. I'd like to cut it on my own. You know, I consider myself a guy that's done everything in my life on my own. You know, regardless of my father's recommendations and, and the money and things like that, I feel like I'm a self-made man. And, and I know you are too, and I respect that. So, you know, I don't, I'm not expecting help, but if you want to give it, that's also, as long as you admit I'm self-made, then, you know, I think we'd be good. I can't tell you how proud I am of you right now and how 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 nice it, it hears to hear you say things like this coming out of your mouth that remind me of myself. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, 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 the pleasure's all mine, and um, I, I, I think we're about... It is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the pleasure... It's in his name. His name's Kevin. Right, <laughs> it's all mine. And you know, the pleasure's all yours. Um, Giles, unless you have anything else, I think we're about ready to close things up. I just want to thank everyone for listening, and um, we hope we help you. You know, you know, mo- motivate, uh, utilize yourself, your people, your assets. They're your assets. You have to utilize them, and you have to conceptualize, improvise, and implement. And what you want to do is you want to streamline your ideas and you want to get that energy, get that motivation, get that morale up. If everything fails, everything we taught you tonight, everything Jerry tells you is not working, then what you do is you use his final solution. We call it the final solution because there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere else. There's no going back. And what you want to do is you want to bring a gun into your workplace. Now, (laughs) hopefully it doesn't come to that, but that's what you got to do. So I want to thank everyone. I want to thank uh, Kevin. I want to thank Jerry for coming out. And I want to thank the world for allowing us to expand and become the monumental figures that we are. And and I will say this as well. Um, everyone, please stay in your seats. Because right after this, you know, me and Giles are about to go. We're small fries around here. We're just lucky Jerry talked to us. Jerry, I see, is about to do two hours on one topic alone. Uh, What to do if your employees steal lunches. He's got all types of secrets and kind of business tricks ready for stealing lunches, including planning fake lunches that are poison. So everybody just stick around because Jerry's got a lot of stuff ready for you. Uh, For me and Giles, I'd like to say good night. Everybody have a great day. Uh, You can come find us in the lobby. Say hi. Don't be shy. Other than that, have a good night, folks. Thank you.